in the scriptures, please, to two openings, Hebrews chapter 2 and Proverbs chapter 4. What an honor and privilege it is to handle the Word of God with you tonight. I count myself happy and blessed. Uh, Hebrews 2, we've been on a subject for some weeks now, we call it pay attention, pay attention. And if you're just joining us in the series, uh, we've already covered a lot of ground and you can get it. If you go online, you can download it. You can watch the video, listen to the audio. In the uh, uh, churches here and in Branson, you can go back and get hard copies. won't cost you anything. won't cost you anything. And uh, it'll, it'll benefit you, especially if you realize you should have been there, but you weren't. Well, get it, because there was something that you, you missed. Uh, Hebrews 2 and 1. He said, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. The uh, Amplified says, since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard. Now, this is not just looking forward to something you're going to hear. This is paying attention to what? What you have already heard. He says, uh, lest um, in any way we drift past them and slip away. The New American Standard says, For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Drift away from it. Why would you need, why would the Lord tell us, and this is not an isolated instance, why would he tell us repeatedly, take heed, uh, give heed, uh, pay attention, Be a doer of it. Don't let it get away from you, basically. Why? We've talked about this previously. It's not because he's trying to hide anything from us. It's not because we're so dull and slow and can't get it. It's because of where we live. We live in a a dark, oppressed place. The earth. Where Satan is the god of this world. And where the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. Now, I I don't have to ask you. I know this has happened to you. If you're a believer and you fellowship with him any and you've walked with him for any length of time, that you got something from him. Maybe it was in a time of prayer. Maybe it was reading the word, reading your chapter like everybody around here does every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, being in a service, hearing good preaching, like like right now, yes. and you and you you see, you see something, you hear something, and you go glory to God. That's it. That's it. Yes. And yet, an hour later or the next day, can't even remember what it was. Amen. Come on now, tell me, has that ever happened to you? Yes. 
I want to see a hand. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to everybody in this room. Why? Well, then what happened? You let it slip. Right? You You let it get away from you. Is that a big deal? If it's the answer to what you're going through, it's a very big deal. Because now you're still looking for the answer, but he already gave it to you. You're still trying to figure out what to do. How am I going to get out of this? How am I going to make it through this? And he's already told you. This is the day. And James talks about this. He talks about when you hear the word, it's like you see yourself in a mirror. But then you can go away and immediately forget what you saw. Well, when you were looking in the mirror, the image was crystal clear. But now you can't remember what you saw in the mirror. Well, it's because the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. And so that's why we're exhorted throughout the word to pay attention, take heed, lay hold, hold fast. Have you heard these kind of words? Why? Because something's trying to get it away from you, trying to get you to let it slip. In uh, Proverbs 4, Proverbs 4. Verse 1, I'm reading the NIV. Proverbs 4, 1. said, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely. This is Proverbs 4, 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. This is the NIV, verse 20. Verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them, in, keep them within your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to a man's whole body. Amen. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And in chapter 5 and verse 1, again, he says, My son, pay attention. To my wisdom, listen well to my words of insight. So notice in verse 22, for their life to who? Not everybody. Their life to who? Those that find them. Now is he just talking about getting a concordance and finding the verse on the page? Uh-uh. What's required to find it? Well, you got to back up to verse 20. You got to pay attention. You got to listen closely. You got to don't let them get out of your sight. Keep them in front of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And that is how you will find it. Amen. Discover it. How can you tell that you found it? You won't have to ask. <laughs> if you're having to ask, you ain't found it yet. Huh? We're not talking about just logging information in your brain. Making a note when you heard the message or whatever, when you read, when you read the, the passage. When the entrance of his word gives light. And when the light comes, faith is there. And when faith is there, joy is present. Every 
time. Every time. Now come on, is anybody, can, can you testify that maybe you read over something 50 times, 100 times, and then you saw it. And then you saw it. It went off in you. Huh? And when you saw it, you thought, glory to God. I see that. I see that. Well, you just now found it. Right? You, you, knew where, you knew it was in the Bible. You knew it was there. You might have could have told somebody else the chapter and verse. But you just now found it. And it is life to those that find it. And it is health and medicine to all their flesh. Hallelujah. That's why you don't just hear, if you're having challenges with your body, you don't just need to hear a healing message. You need to feed on it until you get excited about it. And there are different things that will minister more to you. doesn't make one ministry better necessarily than another ministry. But because of where God has, who you are, what you are, and where God has joined you in the body, there are streams of ministry that will bless you more. And will feed your faith quicker and greater. Well, when something does that for you. Eat it again. Eat it again. Eat it again. And when you get on something and it's feeding you faith in an area you need faith, well, eat it every day. Listen to it every day or every other day or so. I mean, until you get that built up in you to the point where you receive what you need. And that's also will prevent you from letting it get away from you. Hmm? The thing you don't hear week after week, month after month, is the thing that can get away from you, that you can let slip away. Now, uh, we got into last week uh, answering the question, why many don't pay attention or haven't paid attention? And I'm talking about all of us. Well, what was the reason we gave last Friday? Anybody remember? Hmm? Why have many not paid attention to what the Lord said? I'm listening. Not, not important. Many have not counted what he said as important. Hmm? They just haven't. Not important enough to read it. Not important enough to go to church, to hear any of it. There's a lot of people call themselves believers. But they rarely read scripture. They never go to church. Why? Everything else is more important than that. I actually heard somebody arguing the other day. Well, I, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't think it does me any good to go to church. They hadn't been in years. And they said, well, I, I just, you know, I don't see a... I don't see the purpose of it. And I, you hear people say, well, I, I can be just as good a Christian as you. I know I love the Lord, and he knows my heart. Yes, he actually does. <laughs> you say that like that's an amazing thing. <laughs> and I can be just as good a Christian as you or anybody. Uh, staying at home by myself, and I like to fellowship with God out on the golf course or, or out in, you know, on the uh, fishing or whatever, 
is that the only time you can go golfing or fishing? Is the same time church services? Come on. Well, I just don't see any need of. Well, no, you can't be as good a Christian as anybody else ignoring what the Lord said. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Did he? He talks about service. You can't be a good believer as good as anybody else and ignore what he says. But many would prefer not to hear it and prefer not to know it because they have different priorities in their life. This is important to me. Oh, they wouldn't miss this, but they got no time for his things. So millions are ignoring, not even hearing, or if they do hear it, ignoring it. They're not paying attention to what he has said or is saying simply because it's not important to them. It's not a priority, not important. So we talked about that. But I want to go into reason number two. And how many reasons are there? There's there's probably a lot. And I, I, I don't like to say the Five reasons, because there might be ten. I just don't know the other five. (laughs) Here are some I'm aware of. Number two I'm aware of. People don't pay attention to what he's saying because they have another idea. They have another idea. Go with me, please, to uh, 2 Kings the fifth chapter, and you'll see real quickly what I'm talking about. Second Kings, chapter 5, verse 1. Everybody happy? The Bible said in 2 Kings 5, 1, now Naaman captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. Now, Naaman is a national hero. He would be uh, like a general Patton to us, or MacArthur. Are y'all with me? A famous general in time of war whose leadership and courage prevented the nation from being conquered. Well, everybody's going to remember that. Right? And we know from the rest of the passage, he can go see the king whenever he wants to. And... He's a wealthy man, but he's sick. He has what we would call an incurable disease. There's no medicine, there's no treatment that can help him. And it's going to cut his life short and make him miserable in what's left of it and incapacitating. So this is the the, the case, verse 2. The Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. She waited on Naaman's wife. Slavery was everywhere in these days. When you conquered a people, they became your servants. And 
this little girl was part of the ones that were conquered, and she is she serves Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. <laughs> now, I want you to pause just a moment. Why are we talking about this tonight? Because of a little girl who wasn't ashamed of God. Hmm? A little girl who is not in an ideal situation. She's separated from her people, separated from her country, from her life. She's a servant. Hmm? Servants can get in a lot of trouble for talking when they shouldn't have been, bringing up things. But she's not ashamed. (laughs) They might have took her out of her her God's country, but they didn't take God out of her. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They might have relocated her, but her faith is intact. It's still with her. And she sees Naaman. She's in the house. She's working. She sees how sick he is. She sees how he's getting worse every day. And of course, they got no answer. They got no hope. So one day she just speaks up and says, hey, you see, if he's over where I was from, we got a prophet over there. He could get healed. He could get healed. Now, of course, there's a lot of people say they don't believe in healing and are pretty adamant about it until they need it. Amen. <laughs> then when you really need a miracle, you become much more open. To miracles. And even if you think you don't believe in it, you hope. It is. You become open. And he is hopeless. He's incurable. He's a dead man walking. But when he hears this, there was something about the tone of her voice. There was something about the way she said it. She thought, they thought, could this be true? Man, it's got to be worth a shot. Right? Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria. We got a man of God over there. He knows God. He hears from God. And I just know, if you're over there with him, he could get you healed. Get me healed. That's a thought nobody had had. Get me healed. Get me healed. Faith comes by hearing. I said, faith comes by hearing. (laughs) Verse 4. And one went in and told his Lord, say, told Naaman's Lord, told the king that's over him. Thus and thus said the maid that's in the land of Israel. Now, what she said at the house is being repeated in the throne room. God can take your little testimony And bring it to places you'll never go. Oh, come on, are you with me? If you're not ashamed of him. Now here they're talking about this little slave girl. Who's a foreigner from another country. They're talking about what she brought up in the throne room with the king. And when the king heard it, he thought, well, we got to, we got to say about this. The king of Syria said, go to, go. That's a command. That's King James, but that's 
Let it be. Make it so. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Now, don't you stop right here. What are we talking about tonight? Anybody in this series? Pay attention. Did this little girl say anything about the king of Israel? No. Did she say anything about the king of Syria? Or letters? Or money? No. No. We're dealing with the truth now. Why do many not pay attention to what God's saying? And here's a subtle thing. Initially, they started this by paying attention to what God said, but now they're into some other ideas of things the Lord didn't even say. And did you see how quick it happened? How quick it happened? She didn't say anything about kings or money or letters. What would she say? If you get over there to the prophet... He could get you healed. But now it's become political. <laughs> it's become financial. Legalities are involved. Protocol. Beware, beware of assuming or presuming. If the enemy can't stop you, His fallback tactic is to get you off course. If he can't just stop you, get you to quit, get you to give up, then his fallback tactic is to just get you off course. Because if if you get off course enough or long enough, you will miss the destination. You know, flying all the time we see it. Uh, you, You can't figure trips the same. If you're flying east, you usually get a push by a tailwind. If you're flying west, you usually got a headwind. And if you're flying northwest, well, you get some of both. See what I'm saying? And so you say, well, this plane will fly this long on X amount of fuel. Well, yeah, that's if. (laughs) If you got a hundred mile an hour headwind right on the nose. That's going to seriously cut into your gas mileage. Is that right? You're supposed to be doing 500 miles an hour, and you're doing 375. Well, that's going to take you longer to get there. How many of you see what I'm talking about? And a lot, most airplanes, if you've been in them flying commercially, you may not realize it, but if you see, if you meet a plane, notice it next time. Rarely are they flying straight forward. They fly like this. Mrs. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you fly like this, the wind will have you over here in a short amount of time. So you actually have to, if the wind's coming from over here, you have to point the nose into the wind. And, and flying at that angle, you'll actually fly straight without being blown off course. It doesn't seem like it, but you you watch and see. The next, uh, if you meet one and you see it from the right perspective, you'll realize very rarely are you flying straight. And uh, the enemy, just like the wind, is always trying to blow that airplane off course. Well, the enemy is always trying to get you off course. 
with winds of change. Somebody say change. And what I'm talking about is making changes the Lord didn't tell you to make. You can start off with a word from God. And before the day is out, add three things to it that he did not say. Assuming, presuming, and that is not paying attention to what he said because you have another idea, your own idea. Have you ever seen the game they play where they put a line of people across and one person will whisper in the ear of this person Mm -hmm. and have them repeat it to the next person? Have you ever seen that or or done that? Now, what happens by the time it gets, usually, by the time it gets to the end of the road? Changed. Why? Why was it changed? Hmm? Disrespect is why it changed. Lack of respect and lack of obedience. (laughs) Maybe you weren't expecting that. But that's exactly what it is. You don't respect that word enough to pay attention to it and say it exactly like it was told you. You feel free to change it and put it in your own words. And that is pride. That's acting like you know more than the person who said it. Are you all with me, friends? And the thing is, if you'll do that with people, you'll do that with God too. Very important that we treat God's words as perfect and precious and don't feel free to treat them loosely. Now, coupled with that, is this just a general looseness, it's all through the earth, that when people hear a thing, I'll I'll do it if I want to. So hearing is optional and doing is optional. Many people hear, whether they say it or not, that's how they hear everything. Okay, well that's a thought. Well, it's okay if it's just the words of men, but if it's the word of God, you should not listen to it like it's optional. Because if you do, your blessing just became optional. (laughs) Are y'all with me? You say, well, I don't have to do it. No, and you don't have to have it either. (laughs) You don't have to get the answer either. Are y'all with me, friends? Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. Well, then maybe you'll get your answer and maybe you won't. Is this okay tonight? Keep reading. This national hero, this courageous man, he, he obviously did some very heroic, courageous things leading the armies and where it looked like maybe they would be conquered and defeated and they all would be invaded by 
foreign government and, and country, now they are still free. And man, the whole country loves him and the king loves him. So when, he, when they hear about this, they get busy with their own plan, <laughs> their own idea. And he sent a letter to the king of Israel. And uh, Naaman departed and took with him ten talents of silver. Now, a talent, depending on who you read after, is anywhere from 60 pounds to 120 pounds. I usually average it somewhere around 75 or so. But it's a 75-pound chunk of silver. And he took with him 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment. I knew you'd want to know, so I figured it up a little bit. <laughs> that, uh, that, that's somewhere around 750 pounds of silver. And at $15 an ounce, that's about $200,000. Now they also have 150 pounds of gold. And at $1,100 an ounce... That's depending on the size of the the piece of silver and the talent. It's anywhere from 2.7 to 3.4 million dollars. Ten changes of raiment would have been like not like work clothes. This would have been like king's raiment. This would have been five thousand dollar suit, maybe more. And you got ten of them. So here they are with $3 million worth of stuff. Did the maid say anything about $3 million? No. no. <laughs> huh? No. Be sure and bring $3 million with you when you come. <laughs> they won't even let you through the gate for less than two. <laughs> Was anything said about money? No. Or gold or silver or clothes? Nothing. Whose idea is this? Why don't people pay attention to what God said? Folks have their own ideas. And the problem is, a lot of times when people start out with their own idea, they know it's their own idea. But after all the planning and the talking for days and weeks, sometimes in months, people forget where this idea came from and start treating it because it's connected with what God, this is connected with what God said. And yet it has nothing to do with what God said. The reason they got the letter, the reason they're going to see the king, the reason they got all the money is because of what the maid said about could get healed over there. And yet it has nothing to do with God. But I'm sure they're thinking we're on a mission to, for the things of God. And they're not. They're off track. Because they didn't pay attention. <laughs> Y'all with me, friends? Yeah. Is this innocent? Well, that's another question. Isn't it? It's not innocent. It's disrespectful to make up all your own stuff and mix it in together. It's disrespectful. I got a better idea. We'll do it this way. This will work better. Then what? 
than what God told you? That's some kind of arrogance. Isn't it? That's some kind of disobedience and rebellion. <laughs> it's quiet in here tonight. <laughs> Is it? Does it matter? I'm telling you, friends. After a number of years in the ministry now, endeavoring to help people, I have seen this over and over and over again. The Lord told people what to do. And they procrastinated. They put it off. They forgot it. They changed it. They made something else out of it. And then years later, still trying to get the answer. Hmm? They let it slip. They let it get away. We need to remember who we're dealing with. He is way, way smarter than you. Come on, somebody acknowledge. Give me an acknowledgement on that. He is way, way smarter than you. So when he tells you, do this and do it like this. If you start changing it. You're really being proud and arrogant. If you just, well, I'll do it if I want to. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Who are you talking about? You're telling the Almighty, I'll pray about it. To who? <laughs> He's the one just told you to do it. Who are you going to pray about? I'm going to pray to God. Well, you going to go, God, I'm praying about it. He said, yeah, I know. I just told you, so do it. <laughs> now we've all we've all done some of this but it's a bad thing and it'll cost you keep you from getting the answer and again it's not just because folks are trying to mess things up the enemy is always trying where these ideas come from he is always bringing you a better idea trying to get you to the winds are trying to blow you off course come on can you see this Amen. That's why you got to be focused and pay attention and go, no, he said this. And we're staying with this. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to let you change it. This, well, what does that mean? I don't have to say I know all about it. It means I trust him. And if he said this, we're staying with this. That shows faith. That shows submission. That shows humility. That shows obedience. Can you say amen? amen? So here they are with their donkey, camel train, whatever it is. I mean, this is this is a load. I mean, this would be like uh, semi-truck loads of stuff. I mean, you got hundreds and hundreds of pounds of silver and hundreds of pounds of gold, and 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 of course, you know, you don't just waltz through the countryside with three million dollars worth of stuff. In these days. If you want to have any of it by the time you get where you're going, you got to have soldiers. they got to be armed. And then, of course, you got to carry food for the trip. And there's an entourage. Yes. This, is, this is a group of people. And he's a general. He's the general over the whole nation of Syria. Big deal. So here they go. Verse 6. They get to the king of Israel. Big deal. Foreign uh, group. Coming into town, they got a letter from the king of Syria to the king of Israel. And they give him an audience. They come and read the king, read the letter to the king. He says, now, 
When this letter has come to you, behold, I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may recover him of his leprosy. <laughs> did, the, did the little maid say anything <laughs> about any of this? <laughs> it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, he grabbed his robe and ripped it. He said, am I God? To kill and make alive that this man has sent to me to recover a man from his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray, look how he's seeking a quarrel with me. He's trying to start a war. Insult me like this. Put me on the spot like this. (laughs) Do you see all the problems that start developing? Here's two nations could be headed toward a conflict. And God has nothing to do with it. Nothing. The enemy's gotten in. They didn't pay attention to what the maid said. Got all these other ideas. (laughs) Can you see why the Lord's talking to us about pay attention? Is this important? Verse 8, it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes. Word got around. This is such a big deal. The, uh, the king and his family are so upset about this, it quickly spread through the whole country. And word comes back to Elisha. Did you hear what happened? They sent... Naaman, that famous general from over in Syria, to the king of Israel with a letter about him healing him from leprosy. Can you believe it? Elisha sent to the king. He said, why have you ripped your clothes? Let him now come to me and he'll know that there is a prophet in Israel. Now we're getting somewhere. Man, don't you like this confidence? Don't you like this bold? This is not arrogance. This is boldness in knowing your God. God. (laughs) Elisha knew his God. Why would you be so bold to send to the king? I said, don't be ripping your clothes. Send him over here. He'll find out. If there's a prophet in Israel, what does that mean? There's a God in Israel. Because whose prophet is he? He's going to find out. So Naaman came with his horses, with his chariot, and of course all his silver, all his gold, all his expensive clothes, all his soldiers to protect it, all the cooks and the guys with the food on the donkeys and ain't no missing them. There's a bunch of folks out in front of the house. He came and he stood at the door of the house of Elijah. Amen. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times and your flesh shall come again to you and you shall be clean. Now, 
we've seen a lot of stuff happen. And this yet, this is only the second time we have really heard something from God. (laughs) There's been trips and there's been letters and there's been audiences with kings. There's been travel and there's been money set aside. How many understand you, if you, if you set aside three, three million dollars, how'd they come up with that? That took a little doing. And anyway, none of that was God. It reminds you of when the prophet was out, you know, on the side of the mount, and the Bible said there was a strong, mighty wind, but God wasn't in it. <laughs> and there was this raging fire, but God wasn't in it. And there was an earthquake that shook the place that God wasn't in that either. But there was a still small voice. And that was the Lord. God is not in everything. Amen. Whole lot of stuff he's got nothing to do with. And here we have exactly what the maid was talking about. Now no doubt... Elisha has prayed and sought God about this. No doubt. As a man of God, he knows he can't do anything of himself. He has to hear from the Lord about this. And when he heard what had happened, no doubt before he sent word to the king, he sought the Lord. Lord, am I supposed to get involved with this? What is this? And he heard from the Lord. The Lord told him what to do, which was why he could be so bold in saying, well, send him over here. He's going to find out something. Right? And here he gives him exactly what God gave him, and he did it the way the Lord told him to do it. I I have no doubts. The Lord told him, you just, don't you go meet him face to face. You send your messenger, and you tell him to say this. And God has reasons why he does things. And you, won't, you and I won't know most of those reasons. But we're foolish if we change it up. Or if we ignore it. Because if we trust him, we know there is a very good reason for every word he said. And the way he said it. And the way he did it. Because he is way, way, way. Amen. Smarter. Yes. <laughs> Come on, help me out. Now, are, you, are you struggling with that? He's way, way, way smarter than me. So when he tells me something, what do I need to do? Come on, help me out. What do I need to do? I need to pay attention and I need to remember it and I need to do it just like he told me to do it. I know when Phyllis and I got it in our hearts to check, come come to Sarasota and, and pray about a church here. Because prior to that, we had not considered it at all. And from the time we landed at the airport, which is 10 miles from here, we got in a rental car, and in 15 minutes, we were sitting in this parking lot. We drove straight here, and we didn't know the town. How do you get here? Drove straight to it. Of course, we don't know what we're looking at. But we realize it's for sale. Yeah. And we think, well, it has potential, I guess. <laughs> but we had a witness. We had a witness. 
Oh, somebody say a witness. We had a, we had a witness when we drove in here. Come, we checked on it a little bit and they said it's already sold. It's already sold. Had been put in the paper that it was sold. Had been on the local news that it was sold. Okay. And uh, so we just continued to look. Well, we found another place about 10 or 15 miles from here. Much more square footage. Much more. For much less money. Well that's got to be God right? (laughs) Huh? I'm looking at you. It's in Sarasota. Right? Lot bigger place. Lot more square foot. Lot less. Lot less money. Good place. That's got to be God right? Mm -mm. Where'd we get a witness? Got a witness here. Yeah, but it's sold. It's more money. Less space. Hmm. Well, I don't go through all of it, but we kept checking, kept checking. Sure enough, it wasn't sold. And they said, well, we said, we're not trying to mess anybody's deal. Well, you're not messing up. We, they were fed up with some stuff. They said, well, you get ready to entertain an offer, you let us know. Well, just zip, zip, zip. It happened quick. For a million less than what they were talking about. And when we, as things went by and the weeks went by, we found out if we had got that other place, Mm -hmm. we would have had challenges. Mm -hmm. We could have had problems with the county. We could have had problems with the city. We could have had problems. And you didn't know all that. Mm -hmm. And we found out this is where you want to be anyway. We, We didn't know that then. We didn't know that then. But we found out this is a great place. Yes, it is. It's a good place. Yes, and then when we begin to do things, we had favor. Oh, we ran into favor after favor. And one of the persons that we needed to know about some of the situations, they said, well, you, you'll have to talk to them. And that could take you a long time. We said, well, who is it? And they told us, it's the one person we knew <laughs> in the whole area. <laughs> well, that wouldn't have worked over there. And they didn't, I'm not saying, nobody did anything wrong. They just didn't hold us up. They just said, yeah, we're glad you're here. Yeah, go. And I, we thought about it many times. If we had changed it up from what we had a witness and thought, well, we're saving the Lord a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, besides that, that one, you know, just give up and say, well, that one's sold. I realized we could have been months or years tied up. Regs and permit problems. Come on, y'all listen. And, of course, that eats up money. Is that right? And that money you save can be gone in a hurry. Besides, and, and, and you could have thought, well, why am I having so much trouble? I thought the Lord told me to come to Sarasota. He did, but you filled in a blank. Right? You, you, you just say, well, I'm just going over here. So, no, you got to stay with what he said. And there are a lot of people who know a little bit about faith, but they're making a big mistake trying to tell him how to do it. Are y'all with me? Maybe he told you, yes, believe me for this. But then you told him, I want it to happen this way and with them and here. And, and he didn't say any of that. And you're trying to make him do it your way. 
And he just ain't going to fly because he is way, way, way smarter than you. Is that right? And he's not going to say, oh, you know, forget it. Your idea is just as good as mine. Yeah, we'll go with your uh Uh-uh. <laughs> because your idea is not even close to being as good as his. There's a million and one things you don't know why he told you. Some of it's going to take you 10 years to find out. Some of it you won't find out to pass this life. But suffice it to say, we need to pay attention to what he said and do it just the way he told us. And you'll avoid all kind of problems and you'll be in the blessing and the favor. Can you say amen? Amen. Do you reckon we got a lot of believers doing their own thing and trying to get God to bless it? It is so frustrating and it's so wearying. Hmm? We need to spend some time on our face seeking him. Come on, are y'all with me? And sometimes the answer is he'll remind you of what he told you last year or five years ago or 10 or 20 years ago. He'll remind you of that. Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, he said uh, he had kind of been butting his head against the wall on some things for a while and wasn't working. He said he, he, he fasted and prayed for three days. Did you hear that part? <laughs> Did you hear that part? And he's a very spiritual man. Why, why didn't he just get it? Well, he knows he needs to shut the flesh down. Is that right? Get it quiet. Focus in on what God. And he, and he sought the Lord, fasted and prayed for three days. He said at the end of the third day, the Lord said this to him. He said, what are you going to do about what I told you in 19 such and such? He called the year, which was years ago. And Brother Hagin said, you know, ain't no, ain't no need in trying to fool the Lord. He said, well, Lord, I, I wasn't planning on doing anything about that. <laughs> he said, well, the time's come when you're going to have to or else. And he said he did not want to find out about the or else. And so he said, I, yes, forgive me, Lord. He began. And as soon as he started making those changes, started doing what the Lord in this other area, it all began to come together. All began to flow. It pays to obey. Doesn't it? Keep reading. They're all in the driveway. (laughs) Elisha sends a messenger down. Said out loud, go Go. and wash wash. in Jordan Jordan. seven times. times. Huh? So how many times should you wash? Should you dip? Huh? Four ought to be okay. Huh? Well, if seven's good, ten would be even better. Huh? Do people think like this? Huh? Or, on the way to the Jordan, you found another stream that was even cleaner and a lot closer. And you need to go all the way. This will save us time and money. We'll just dip here. Huh? Why? Because you're smart. <laughs> You're no dummy. Ain't no need in doing all that. <clears throat> if you do respect God and you honor his words and you are committed to submit to him and follow him, how would you treat this? 
If you were in Naaman's position, how would you treat this right now? You are there. The prophet has sought God on your behalf. (laughs) He has heard from the Almighty. And he's giving you personal direction. He's not here in person, but he sent his messenger. What would you be saying? You'd be saying to your aide, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Are you writing this down? And then you'd say, thank you so much. Would you please tell me again? I want to make sure I get this right. He told him, can I read this back to you? (laughs) Make sure I got this right. We're going to the Jordan River. That's right. I'm going to dip seven times. That's right. And my flesh will come again clean. That's right. Oh, thank you. He He would have thanked him. They would have done what they could do to bless them. And then they would have left immediately. Gone straight to the river. Is that right? Followed the instructions. Maybe had to aid with the paper out on the, on the side of the river. Okay, that's one. Two. Right? Three. Is that right? But is that what they did? No. Verse, verse 11. Naaman was what? Wroth. At what? Exactly what the maid told him has happened. He's made it to Israel. He's made it to the man of God's house. The man of God has heard from God and given him a word that will cause him to be healed. What is there to be mad about? Wrath. Wrath is not just unhappy. He's in a rage. And he went away. He left. And took his money with him. Which leads you to think. He's got the idea. He can buy his way into this. Elsewise. He'd have just given an offering. But he didn't get what he thought he wanted. So they didn't get the money. (laughs) Which shows. Why God told him, don't even go see him in person. And we know from the rest of the story, he's already told Elisha, don't you take a dime from him. Now there's other times the Lord let him receive all kind of stuff. But on this occasion, don't receive nothing. Do not receive a dollar from that man. He doesn't know this yet, but we can see why. He didn't come there to give an offering. If he had it, he'd have done it already. He didn't get what he wanted. He said, behold, I thought. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Now let me just back up. Is he paying attention to what the Lord told him? He is completely not paying attention. Why? Because he has another thought. He has another idea of what's supposed to happen here. Him and his king talked about it. Him and his staff talked about it, and this is how it's going to work. We're going to go through the proper channels. We're going to get permission from our king to their king. And we're going to do the. And God had said none of this stuff. And then somewhere along the line, he's decided, when I get there, he'll come out. Not send somebody. He'll come out to me. 
and he'll stand. He can see it. He'll call on the name of his God. And he'll strike his hand over the place. Or maybe lay hands on me. And recover the leper. That's, did God say any of that? No. Uh-uh. But he set. On this is how it's supposed to happen. <laughs> when I was in healing school. I've had people. Had, had a, a, a guy come up one time. And he had a list of things. I mean, it must have been 20, 30 things on the page. And it, it was Monday in healing school, and he was new. He said, now, I, I have uh, thought about this, and this is what you need to do for me to get me healed. I looked at it. I laughed. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do all that. He said, well, I, you're a minister. You're supposed to help people. I said, if you know so much about this, why are you coming here to get help? Right. I said, if you'll listen, you can be helped. Oh, it made him mad. Whew. Made him so mad. Why? See, he didn't realize it. But he lacks respect for God. He's looking at me. I'm not God. But I am his representative in this place where he's coming. Come on, are you with me? And it it was the Lord's direction that I was there at that time. And the Lord is huge on delegation. Do you know it? He said, if you don't receive the one I send, you don't receive me. He takes it personally if you reject and ignore the ones he sends. Doesn't make them God. Doesn't make them uh, without mistake and flaw but Phyllis and I have seen this God will help people through us beyond us oh come on are y'all with me when people are in need and there are people if you will a time and time again we'll be praying or not praying it'll come up to you and you'll get a word and you'll, you'll see something and you'll know something and it's, we didn't come up with it. That's right. and, and it's not even for us. Mm-hmm. It's just him trying to get to them through us. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you see that? Yes. But too many times we've seen people ignore it. And just look at us and go, well, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, if that was just me, okay. Think about it. Mm-hmm. But if it was him, Amen. you are being Dense. Is that right? You're being so haughty and stubborn. Well, I just I just thought that this would be yeah, he is what he thought. I just thought. And he's furious about it. And he is that close to missing the greatest miracle of his life. Come on, can you see this? Of his life. They peel out of the driveway, left black marks. Hoof marks. Hoof marks. They left hoof marks and they're kicking up the dust and they're driving way too fast down the roads. And he he is livid. He is wroth. Why? Because he is general so-and-so. Is that right? He came all this way. He's seen two kings. He brought three million dollars. God didn't ask for any of that. 
But see, he feels like I've gone to such lengths. What? God owes me. This prophet, oh, no, honey, he don't owe you. You get anything from him, it's going to be by grace and mercy, which means it's not owed to you. You don't deserve it. And yet you can still get it. So they're speeding down Lane and the horses frothing at the mouth, and he's so mad nobody will talk to him. Verse 12. He said, Are not Abana and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? Why can't I wash in them? He's got another idea. Why can't we do it this way? Real simple. Because it's not what God said. Right. It's your idea. You're not him. Why can't we do it? Why can't I just wash in him and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. His servants came near at some point. One of them said, I guess he's holding on to the chariot. (laughs) He says, my father, this was a very respectful term. If the prophet, prophet had told you to do some big thing, we're ready to do it. We brought all this money. We ready? Would you not have done it? How much rather? He just said, why shouldn't be clean? Why not do it? Why not just do it? Why not just do what he said? Come on, help me out, saints. Why, Why not just do what he said? Is this not the key to miracles that Jesus' mother told him at the wedding feast of Canaan? What's she telling? Come on, help me. What's she telling? Whatever he says to you, do it. Is that right? Another exact case like this. What did he tell them to do? Fill the water pots up with water. Why? Why we don't need water? Why? Just do what he said. This is going. You don't just throw a hose in the big canister. You got to walk all the way to the well. You got to draw it up bucket at a time. You got to haul it back. And these things were big, 30, 40 gallons a piece. This is a lot of sweaty walking and hoisting. But they did it. Could they have missed it all through there? Why do this? Why? Why can't we just do this? Have you heard this before? Why can't we? Oh, as leaders, do you know how many times Phyllis and I have heard this? Why can't we just do it like this? <laughs> Why can't we just do it like this? I finally told a person one time, man, they were getting hot with me. I said, look, look, I don't do what I want to do. Why would I do what you want me to do? <laughs> they looked at me and just didn't know what to say. I guess with a lot of folk, it's not real that God is the Lord and that we should get our directions from him and follow it. They, I guess people think, well, you're just doing whatever you want to do. Not if you're really following him, you're not. You're not. There's been things I wanted to do that people wanted me to do. And the Lord said, check me, check me, check me. Mm, can't do it. I've had people get mad at me. I've had fellow ministers. Why wouldn't you come and do the conference with me? Why? I said, I, I didn't have it in my heart. I, I sought the Lord. And, well, you, we're not friends anymore. I said, no, that's got nothing to do with it. Well, why wouldn't you come? And Look, I don't need a reason not to do something. Right. I need a leading to do it. Come on. 
And if I came and, it, and the Lord wasn't in it, wouldn't be a blessing to you. Wouldn't be a blessing to me. Come on, can you see this? But you got, I'm talking about even ministers, they don't understand this. They're just upset. And especially when you've heard from the Lord, do not deviate. Don't change it. Don't forget it. Don't add to it. Don't take from it. Oh, there's some real strong warnings in the book of Revelation about adding to it and taking from it. He said, my father, if the prophet told you to do some big thing, wouldn't you have done it? Man, we were ready. We were loaded. We got money. We got stuff. We were ready to do big stuff. Why not just, if he said, wash and be clean? Verse 14. And I guess maybe a few minutes later, he said, you know, we're here. I guess maybe we should do that. And his aide said, excellent idea, sir. Yes, sir. Let's turn up and up here. (laughs) Where's the Jordan? Okay, let's go. He went down. Did he have to go through all that frustration? No. All that anger? Did he have to almost cause a war between two nations? No. 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 If he had just done what God told him in those two instances, he could have been here at this place. And skipped all that stuff in in, in between. Can you see that? Now the real problem is. A whole lot of folks never get to this place. Because of their anger. Because of their pride. They never get get to this place. Squealing you know. uh, Out of the driveway. And being mad. Is the end of the story. For them. It's the end of the story. And they they just talk about the preacher. And they talk about that country the rest of their short life. And they're bitter. Because after all I did. And they wouldn't even come he wouldn't even come out and see me. Who does he think he is? Come on. <laughs> but the reason this one's in the book. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> I said the reason this was in the book Amen. is because there was a spark of humility in the man. Bible said he's a great man. And that's the indication of a great man. There was a spark of humility in him. And he said, well, you could be right. Take me to the river. Took him to the river. He said, tell me again how many times? Seven, sir. Seven. Yes, sir. This is the Jordan. Yes, it's the Jordan. (laughs) Help me count. One, sir. That's two, sir. <sighs> Three, sir. Seven? Yes, sir, seven. <laughs> Do you reckon the enemy tried to get you off in between any of this? Yes. You know he does. That's what he does all the time. Why am I doing Any thought would come to you going, this is stupid. This is stupid. What am I doing out here? That's how the enemy works. Number five. Number six, oh God. Number seven, something happened under the water when he came out. Nobody had to ask. Nobody had to tell him. He feels this tingling all over him, this fire burning in his system. Hallelujah. And when he came up, 
His flesh was not this dead, the living dead, leprous junk. It is just like a little child. So clean, so pure, so fresh. He's patting the side of his head. He said, what do I look like? What do I, oh, sir, 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 you look perfect. You look perfect. Oh, oh God, oh God. He almost missed this. Because he had another idea. Because of his pride. Because of lack of respect for God and the man of God and the things of God. Oh, my, my. Does God still do miracles today, saints? Come on, does he? Does he? If we'll do what he says. Hallelujah. He went back. Elated. Ecstatic. This time, the man of God talked to him. Is he thrilled that he obeyed God? Oh, is he thrilled? He tries to give him his $3 million in silver and gold. And he says, no, no, no. How many know you cannot buy a healing? You cannot buy a healing. It's already been paid for. Hallelujah. They don't need to be paid for. And there are times when it's good to give an offering, but he knew he could not receive this because this man came and tried to buy this. He tried to buy his way into this. He needs to hear a no. And he did. He wasn't used to hearing no. And so he said, well, I'm going to take me some dirt back <laughs> from here. And God's going to be my God. Hallelujah. Because he know who healed him. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. In closing, look at this. Over in the New Testament, this is referred to. This is talked about. Jesus saw people in Luke 4 and 21. Luke 4, 21. Jesus began to say to them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And they all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, you will surely say to me, this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard in Capernaum, do also here in your country. They had an idea of how the Messiah was supposed to come. And what he was supposed to look like and sound like and what he was supposed to do. And they are looking at the Messiah and it does not line up with their idea. And the scripture says he came unto his own and what? His own received him not. Why? Because they, they know what the Messiah is supposed to be and they don't know. He's supposed to come like this and he'll do this and he'll look like this. That is so arrogant. That is acting like you know so much when you know so little. He, he agrees with all the prophecies. He's fulfillment of all the scriptures. Yeah, but we thought, we, we, we thought this. Yeah, but your thought can be wrong. Verse 24. Verily I say to you, no prophet's accepted in his own country. Why? Because they know him. And it's easy to judge after the flesh. I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months when there's great famine throughout the land. 
but unto none of them, not a one in Israel, was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Zidon, to a woman that was a widow. Then he goes on to say, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them were cleansed. How many lepers got healed in Israel during this time that Naaman got healed? Not a one. Why? Because of a lack of respect for the, for the things of God. None of them were cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Same response that Naaman had initially. And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill whereon the city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. They wanted to kill him. Why? This pride. This insubordination. We know how it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be like this. You're not the Messiah. Millions still think that. But he is. I said he is. I said he is. And he's way. Way. Smarter. Than you. Come on. How many believe it? Oh thank you Lord. Aren't you glad that you have received him? You did not reject him. You have received him. And how many will purpose in your heart? I want to receive what he says. Every day and every night. Come on, stand on your feet. Let's pray it out loud.